Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles with Pastor James. We're going to go digging for treasure in Mark 1 this week. Welcome to the program, Pastor James. Well, thank you, Dorothy. I'm so glad to be on this thing. It means I'm still alive, and it means I got another day to get it right. It's what they call life. And say so the more that I start reading the scriptures, the more I understand it. it's written. And I know people don't understand this, but the Bible is really written as a mystery. It's written in code. And unless you understand the code sometimes, you'll miss what's being taught. Jesus came as a teacher, preacher, healing, and prophesying. And because of that, the Bible had already been written before he came here with certain secrets and certain hidden messages. And when we started looking at signs, wonders, and miracles, one of the basic words is sign. What is a sign? Now, we can look and do the English part of it and tell us what the English people say or whatever language you're speaking, what a sign is. But to get an understanding of what it says, science in the Bible, you have to speak Hebrew. You have to go to the root. And a sign means a hidden message. That's why we, we talk about signs, wonders, and miracles. Well, if the sign is a hidden message, then we need to know what is the message that's being hid. And so the Bible, starting with Mark, give us an understanding that there is something that we need to know. So, like, before we go to uh, Mark, the first chapter, let me just hit these other things. In the beginning, it says, God created the heaven and earth. That was in the book of uh, Genesis. But what does that really mean? Then it says, in the beginning, in the bark of the book of John, in the beginning, God. In other words, in the beginning was the word, which is God. Well, what is the word and what is God? Then we hear in Mark now, and it starts off, in the beginning. And it says, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is this all referring to? It refers to the same thing, but we just don't realize it unless we get the key. And the key is the Hebrew alphabet. There's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and we can find it in the book of Psalms 119. And as you look at those uh, scriptures, you'll find that there's a Hebrew letter, if it's the King James Version, over top every eight letters. Well, that eight, those Hebrew letters, is the same thing as the word. And the word is God. And God created everything. So when you start putting it together, it's showing you there was a, there is a supreme being. He created everything by speaking them into existence. And then he told us, if you will follow him, that's what Jesus said, be a follower of me. So Paul said, be a follower of me as I'm a follower of Christ. 
that you would start to understand, but it it has you have to be invited in by the Holy Spirit. You can't do this by human trying to figure things out. That he he leads us to this understanding. That's why it says wisdom is the principal thing, but with all your getting, get an understanding. And what does he talk about? Understanding the secrets, messages that are hidden in the Bible for those that diligently seek God. All right. Well, as I said, before we get started here, I want to know if there's anybody else on the air tonight because I could use somebody to help read. <laughs> Raise your hand by pushing one. There's nobody here but us chickens tonight. Nobody but us chickens, huh? Okay. <laughs> well, I hear you. Well, at least they can go back and read this later on then or listen to it later on of what's being taught tonight. I found out something that I never really paid attention to tonight because, you know, we read things, but we read over things. We don't read specifically uh, to look to say, hey, there's a message there. And one of the things that I looked at tonight was um, Acts 12 and 12. Now, while I was looking at Acts 12 and 12, you know, the Bible says this is the gospel of Mark for what we're studying tonight. But it tells you in 12.12, his name was not named uh, Mark. His name was John. And that his surname was Mark. Okay. Why is that important? Because the Hebrew alphabet or the Hebrew name would then uh, use hey. Okay, as for uh, John, you'd hey. Now, and the last part of that would be noon. Now, those things don't make any sense. Instead, you start putting it together under, with a Hebrew understanding. You hey is one of the parts of the names of God. You hey, Vahey. And so when you look at the word John, realize it's talking about um, it's talking about God and what he's trying to do or how he created things. And as I said, I don't want to get too deep off into this thing, but I just want people to know that it's a hidden message. Just like Jesus said when they talked about signs, he said, this evil and adulterous uh, generation, you seek for a sign, but no sign will be given to you except for the sign of the prophet Jonah. Well, if you... Check that, J, and it has an N, which is the same thing as, or an H, and the N in there, which relates to the same thing, uh, hey or God's name. So everything you look at is all about God, from the beginning to the end, to the first letter to the last letter. That's why Jesus said, I am the beginning and the end, the first and the last. When you start understanding that, you'll understand what is God trying to do. He's trying to teach us to live by the word. And the word is morality. He wants us to live a holy and perfect life. We say we can't do this. We can't. But all things is possible with God. I prayed for a young man 
that had road rage, and I mean bad road rage. And so the next day he came in to the church, and he was smiling. And I asked him, well, what's, why are you smiling? He said, today, as he was coming in the parking lot, somebody cut him off. And instead of him cussing them out, he smiled, and it didn't bother him because that was a spirit that was in him. And from that point on, he had no more road rage. We got things that God is trying to tell us about dealing in the spiritual realm by living in the natural realms, but letting our minds be transformed, not uh, by, by transformed by the renewing of your mind. And understand, if I want something to change, I have to be the one who speak it into existence. That's why God said, in the beginning was the word. We have to speak things in our own mind so that our mind will start to change the way we think. I hope that's not getting too deep for the people out there when they get ready to hear it. But anyway, let's get started here. Uh, Mark, the first chapter and the first verse. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before my face, which shall prepare the way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord, making his path straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. In other words, he was saying, you need to change the way you think. If your name, if you're not living a a moral life, I'm gonna say perfect, a moral life, or uh, trying to attain to that, you need to change because uh, God is coming back for a people that are without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. He's coming back for a person who has purged the sin out of their life or the mistakes they made out of their life and started going another way. In other words, when it says repent, it means to have another way of thinking. And that's why John baptized or in the wilderness so that people would learn to repent, repent so that their sins may be forgiven. All right, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Uh, see, I want to I want to talk about this, but I don't want to go, uh, like one person told me, I talked about uh, Ephesians 6 and 10, and after I got through preaching, they said, that was a good message, but nobody understood what you're talking about. <laughs> so I want to make sure that we have an understanding. That's why the Bible says, with all you're getting, get an understanding. All right. The voice Oh, let's see here. This is the fifth verse. And they went out from him, all of the lands of Judea, and they of Jerusalem, and were baptized of him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. The word Jordan means before the judgment. In other words, he wanted them to realize in themselves they needed a change. And then he wanted them to confess their things that they need to change. 
right nowadays when we open up the doors of the church, just all you have to do is acknowledge Jesus. No. <laughs> you gotta do more than that. You gotta repent. Then you gotta confess. But you ain't gotta confess everything in front of everybody. You can confess your sin to your preacher or your pastor or whoever your head is. And then when you do those things, strive not to do those things anymore. It's a battle. That's why they said we wrestle not against flesh and blood. People are not the problem. It's the spirit realm that we operate in. And one of the other things, too, about the spirit realm, let me kind of speak this into existence. We get influenced by outside teaching, outside people's opinion, outside attacks our mind. The name of that spirit is called mind control and mind blocker. How do you break those things? The Bible teaches us the word of God. Well, what is the word of God? Speaking the gospel or the good news or the prophecy that God's word is coming here to set us free. Or since he's already been here, he's here to set us free. So if we speak to mind control, call them out by their name, mind control and mind blocker, you have no more authority over me because the gospel, the good news, the prophecy is that Jesus has set me free. And then we would quote the scriptures, he who the son sets free is free indeed. It's all about the word. That's where the signs and wonders and miracles, when Jesus said that uh, about there would be no sign except the sign of Jonah, he was talking about the Hebrew alphabet and what it meant. In other words, he was saying, through God, which is used, eternal, it's the 11th, uh, it's the 10th uh, letter in the Hebrew alphabet, that the eternal is here to set us free. So the more that we learn, it's all about changing ourselves. And that's so important. All right, then it says on the sixth verse, and John was clothed with camel hair and with a gird of skin about his loins, and he did eat locusts and wild honey and preached, saying, one comes, there cometh one mightier than I after me, the latches of whom his shoes I'm not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed baptize you with water, which means the word, but he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is another word for comforter, or it's another word for air or breath. That's why the Bible says that he is closer to you than the breath in your mouth. So what he wants you to do is learn how to speak the things of God. He made us in his image and his likeness. He made us to have thoughts and to speak those thoughts. But you got to remember, we got an enemy out here who's always attacking our thoughts. And that's why we have so much trouble because we speak negativity into everything. We are supposed to speak positive. We're the light. The light comes into the world. It's understanding. But darkness will not comprehend it or not understanding is darkness. 
you walk out without any understanding. Well, the understanding is that change the way we talk. Change the way we think. Receive the word of God as if this is what you got to live and not just hear it. This is the thing you have to see for yourself, that God's word is truth. God's word is God. And God wants us as children of God. That's why it started off with, uh, this is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God. He wants us to be the sons of God. That's why the Bible says he's waiting for the manifestation. The whole world is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. That means you can be male or female, but he said sons. And it's just like with the the Bible says, I think it's uh, Psalms 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continuously be in my mouth. My soul will make her boast in the Lord. Did you notice it says her boast in the Lord? The humble shall hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us rejoice together. This poor man cried. Well, I thought we were her a minute ago. But I'm trying to tell you, it's all secret messages. And it's clear once you get an understanding that what he's talking about, her, is talking about that bring forth life. Eve's name was he who brings forth light. And as you speak things, you could either speak good or bad, and that's what's going to manifest in your life. Oh, there's so many people that call me up over the phone. I'm going through. The devil's beating up on me. I, I don't know what else to do and stuff. Learn to speak what the scripture says. The Bible says, Psalms 1, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Well, what does blessed mean? It means happy. Stop with the negative. Start with the positive. If you want to be healed, you don't keep going around saying, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm always going to be sick, I'll never be healed. You go back the other way and say, the Lord said he will heal me. He will make up my sick bed. He said that by his stripes, I am healed. I speak positive things instead of negative. I had a lady at our church came the other day, and her life has changed since she started coming. She done brought her children into the church. And she said at her house, they done put a rule up. If you're going to speak negative, you ain't going to be speaking here. They speak positive, and it changes everybody's life, and it changes the air or the uh, the atmosphere in wherever you're at. When somebody cusses you, Jesus said that you're supposed to bless them that curse you. Don't. Do like them. If they're arguing with you, then you don't argue with them. They say it's a soft word, turns away wrath. I found out a long time ago, God's word really works. It's just we have to take our time to see that it's talking about the same thing over and over again. Live by the word, and the word will live in you. Live without the word, and death will follow you. This is why we have to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. In other words, what you said, 
I love the word more than I love myself. I love my word more than I love my family. I love my word because the word is what gives me life and life more abundantly. Now, the negative things out there is Satan, demons, aliens. They're all negative. And because of those negativity, and we start speaking those things that we hear in our mind, then we become a part of the kingdom of darkness. Thank God for what he said. He had came to translate us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. God wants us to be like his son, Jesus. And that's why we have to practice this thing each and every day, each and every day. All right, let me continue on here because we'll not be able to finish, but I'm hoping I'm giving you all a, a little understanding. Why is the name surname? What does surname mean? That means it means something else. It's hidden, all right? As I told you, Mark's name was John, and who was uh, to the ones to uh, Jesus? James and John. Who was the one who went out and was doing the baptism? John, what did Jesus refer to when he talked about what was going to happen to him? Jonah. I'm trying to tell you all something. The secret is in the word. The secret is understanding. All right? Then it says, and it came to pass, the ninth verse, and it came to pass in those days that Jesus came to Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John. Here it is. In Jordan. All right. And straightway, coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the spirit like a dove, see, mystery coming down, had descended upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. And immediately the spirit drove him into the wilderness. Why did the Spirit drove him into the wilderness? Because when you're a part of the earth, we've got a rebellious nature. And we got to go out and wrestle against this rebellious nature till our nature be changed. Where you don't think good is evil and evil is good. You'll start to understand it's very important in what we say, how we treat each other, how we treat other people, and that the more we show love, and then we have to look at what is love, which is First Corinthians, the 13th chapter. Read what it says about love. It doesn't puff up and all this. Then if you read, um, what is it, uh, fourth chapter of, of uh, Philippians and 8, where it says, think on these things, and it says whatever is true, what is true? Love is true. The word is true. Fellowshipping is true. Uh, selfishness, we need to get rid of it. Our ego need to get rid of it. Get rid of the negative and put the positive in you and your family's life. All right. Let me keep on going here. But as I say, this is the secret to the kingdom, is learning to speak what's right and then believing it. You can't just speak it and not believe it. You have to believe it. 
Then it says the 13th. And he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted of Satan, and was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered unto him. I hear people always telling me, oh, God talked to me, God talked to me. The Bible tells me that the angels are the ones that talk to us. All through the Bible, all you have to do is go back from the beginning all the way up. It was the angels that talked to us. God has assigned angels. And that's the reason in the scriptures it says, do you not know we will judge the angels? Most people think it's about the fallen angels. No, it's the angel that is with you to help you. All right, but you've got another angel that's here to destroy you. And the battle is in between. So he says, and the angels ministered or served unto him. Now after John was put in the prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, you, and believe the gospel. Another word for gospel is prophecy. Believe the prophecy. It was already prophesied that one who would be come from the wilderness, and that's written in there, and he would say, make way of the, make straight the way of, for the Lord. I think it's in Malachi, not Malachi, uh, the fourth chapter. It might be Malachi, the fourth chapter. And John fulfilled that part. And then here comes Jesus repeating the same thing. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Prophesying what was going to happen. If we change, this world can change. But it starts with us. We can do self-deliverance. First thing you have to do is pull that tree or that beam out of your own eye. Then you can see straight so that you may take the splinter out of your brother's or sister's eye. And what does that mean? Out so they can understand if we start loving one another instead of hating one another or envying one another or having uh, thoughts about, well, what makes them so special? Learn to humble yourself under the word and learn to love those people because whatever you're doing here, it's going to be judged when we get to heaven. All right, yes, Lord. It says, now as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said unto them, come you after me, and I will make you become fisher of men. And straightway they left there, forsook their net, and followed him. In other words, he wanted to teach them how to think. Even Peter, when he was there, he said, I am a very sinful man, but God doesn't care about what your past is. He's worried about your present and your future. And it says, uh, when he had gone a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also was in the ship, mending their nets. And straightway he called them, and they left their father, Zebedee, in the ship with the hired servants and went after him. And when they came to Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught. 
and they were astonished at his doctrine or the way he was teaching. For he taught them as one that had authority and not as a scribe. What it means by authority, that he had uh, power. He spoke with power. Now, these uh, Sadducees, I mean the uh, scribes, what they did was they could quote scriptures all day long, but they had no power. No power. And the Bible says, with you know, that the Holy Spirit comes upon you and he will endurance you or give you power. You know, I go to a lot of churches and preachers are preaching, but they have no power. That means the Holy Ghost is in there maybe, but they have not been feeding them and they lost their first love. Their first love was wanting to love people and help them. After a while, they get into this greed thing about money, power, and position. And all three of them take you down, okay? Let's keep on going here. The 23rd, and there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out. The word synagogue means a gathering place of believers. So these people believed, but they had no power. Saying, leave the demon said, uh, speaking out of this person, leave us alone. What do we have to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know who thee are. Thou art the Holy One of God. When did he become the Holy One of God? When he was baptized. And, uh, you know, as they say, John was baptizing for repentance, even though Jesus had never did anything wrong. But he wanted to fulfill all righteousness. So in other words, he gave us an example for us how to change to be like him, to be like God the Father. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him, cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. Now, most people say, oh, they only took about five minutes, ten minutes. We don't know. We were not there. But I know one thing because I do exorcism that I've seen hours have to labor with somebody for that thing to come out. And the thing is, we're the ones that's using the scriptures. We're the ones that virtue is going out of our bodies. We're the ones doing the things that we need to do, but it's the power is coming from the Holy Ghost, which comes from Jesus, all right, which comes from the Word. And the 27th, and they all were amazed in so much that they questioned themselves, among themselves, saying, what thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commanded him even the unclean spirit and they do obey him. And immediately his fame went abroad around about the region about Galilee. And forthwith, when they had came out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with Jesus and John. But Simon, which is Peter, wife's mother, laid sick of a fever, and in order they told of her. In other words, they let her know. They let Jesus know Peter's mother was sick and she had a fever. 
He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. Now, I'm going to tell you what happened. Jesus walked in the place. He heard that she was sick. She had a fever. Jesus didn't look at her and said, oh, you're sick. Do you want to be healed? He just reached out and touched her because the word is made flesh and has dwelt among us. Get the hint? These all have to go together when you start to understand this is the power of the word. It's hidden meaning in things. The word hand is the tenth Hebrew letter, which means uh, yud, which means thought. So in other words, Jesus kept trying to teach us about after a while, we have, first of all, we have a point of contact. When we're first learning how to do deliverance, how to speak healing in somebody, we got to touch them. We got to touch this. We got to touch that. That is called a point of contact. But later on, Jesus will teach us, just like he did in the Old Testament, that all we have to do is speak to this mountain. We don't have to touch the mountain. We can speak to that mountain. But you've got to have, first of all, faith or trust that God's word is going to work. And second of all, you've got to thoroughly believe it. You've got to walk by faith and not by sight. It's an understanding of how God hides things in the word, and then he tells us to search him out, to ask, seek, and knock. And then when you see or understand, start walking in it. It's a step-by-step process. You're not going to do this overnight. I haven't seen everything in the Bible except somebody walk on water, but I know it's going to happen because their faith will be made ready for that. The disciples saw Peter walk on water. They didn't, but Peter did. So that lets me know there's going to be a time and a season that God's going to operate in somebody's life, and they're going to walk on the water. Yes, Lord. And keep going here. Uh, let's see. The 32nd. And at evening, when the sun did set, they brought to him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. Diseases and devils don't always be the same. Sometimes you need medicine for healing, and sometimes you need a word from God to cast out the possessed, all right? And all the city gathers together at the door. (laughs) I I got to tell you all this. The word door is another word. It's the fourth Hebrew letter of the Hebrew language, and it's called dot. And what does dot mean? It means knowledge. See, when you have knowledge, that's when people will come to you. When you have an understanding of what the Scripture is saying, they are drawn to what is positive. A lady the other day gave me a hug, and she didn't want to let go of me. Why? Because she had seen Jesus that it came to her while I was praying for her. I'm trying to tell you, the truth is the truth, <laughs> and Jesus is the truth. All right, the 34th. And he healed many of them that were sick of dire diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devil to speak because they knew him. Now, if you notice, when it says, a lot of people are saying, well, you ain't supposed to talk to the devil and stuff. No, it says they knew him, and he didn't want him, 
his fame to be uh, be put out there. He didn't want the devil to know who he was. He was just trying to operate as the son of man and not as the son of God. And those spirits recognized that he was the son of God, and he was trying to teach us how to walk in the spirit. The Bible teaches us walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. All right. Is anybody out there today? Dorothy. There are two callers on. They're not raising their hands. That's the question today. Okay. If you want to raise your hand, push number one. If you got any questions or comments to say. All right. Oh, still giving y'all a little time here. We're still in Matthew. I mean, we're in Mark, the first chapter, and the thirty-seventh verse. Mark, the first chapter, and the thirty-seventh verse. As I said, if you want to ask any questions or any comments, push number one, and that way we can speak. All right, and we'll keep on going. And in the morning, rising up early, while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. A lot of people always want to pray out in the public and don't realize the Bible teaches us that we need to pray in in secret. You have to look at the book of Matthew. That's how God can openly bless you. But if you're out there trying to let everybody see, look, I got power and I can pray this and and all the way trying to brag, then you already got your you got your reward already. So saying the main thing is do what Jesus did. Obey the scriptures, okay? And pray. And what does prayer mean? Prayer just means being sincere, talking to God. Be aware there's only one God. Do do what is right. You know, somebody cuss you out, don't you cuss them back out. Do what is right. And then admit you are selfish. This is part of prayer. Admit you are selfish. The Bible tells us to pray for our forefathers and stuff, to pray for our families, to repent for them. Even if they ain't repenting, we can repent for them because they're part of our family. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So anyway, and Simon, the 36, and Simon and they that were with him followed after him. As I told you, it's all hidden messages. God wants us to follow the example of Jesus. The more we start building up on the rock and the little rock that we got to start first before we can get to the big rock, like Peter, his surname was uh, his name was Simon, but it was surnamed Peter. It was a hidden message. You start off inch by inch, step by step, and then it's easier when you get to where you need to go because you took your time to get there. You studied the word. You found out what the word says. A lot of times people I got to fast. I need to fast. I need to fast. What are you fasting for? The Bible has every answer in the book. It even tells you about when to fast, not just fasting for power or enemies to be. No, it tells you how to fast, and it tells you the way of fasting. Isaiah 58, chapter 
All right. Let's keep going. And when they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek thee. And he said unto them, Let us go to the next town, that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth. In other words, he said, I'm here to help every man, every woman, every creature on this earth so they can learn how to be right, to learn to live a moral life. And he preached in their synagogue throughout all of Galilee and cast out devils. One of the devils he was casting out was mind control, which is also connected to mind blocker. The devil steady talks to people. He's steady trying to make you hear things that is not there. Somebody might say, well, you said such and such, and the way you said it, and I saw it in your face, what did you see? What your mind was programmed to see. I know what I've seen. I know what I heard. Listen, if the Bible tells you stop looking for negative, you won't see negative. Look for positive things. All right. Pastor James, we have a raised hand. Okay. Area code eight one six nine three three. Go ahead. Hello. Are they there? I hear a noise, but I don't hear a voice. So if I hear a noise, that means they didn't push mute by accident, right? Oh, I guess. Have you have you muted? Eight one six nine three three. Hello. Mm. Yeah, no problem. If you want to talk again, just raise, uh, push one again, and we'll. Okay, let me go ahead and finish teaching here. Okay. Okay. If they call back and continue, we we can stop. It says. Uh, 40, and there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou can make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his thoughts, or his hand, and touched him, and said unto him, I will, be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, see, this is about speaking things into existence, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed, and straightway charged him, and uh, forth and sent him away. And he straightway charged him and forthwith sent him away and said unto him, See that thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way and show thyself unto the priest and offer unto them the cleaning of those which Moses commanded for as a testimony unto them. You notice he didn't tell them to go out and tell the rest of the people because he knew he would be flopped. He knew there would be people all around him and everything, and he couldn't get to the ones that God has already assigned him to, to to minister to. All right? But he went out and began to publish it much and to ablaze abroad uh, the manner, insomuch 
that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without, but was without in the desert place, and they came to him from every quarter. This is why it says, you know, he told the demons, uh, hold their peace, don't talk, because he knew when they start, people would find out they come for the loaves and the fishes. They don't always come for what God has for them. But instead, they come for what they can get from God or what they can get from anybody. That's why I tell people, don't be selfish. Don't be selfish. Admit you are selfish. That's the other part of the prayer. And the last thing is to be humble with your God, humble with the word of God. Amen. All right. Anybody else out there want to open up or question or answer? Push one. Are you still there, uh, Dorothy? Yes, I'm I'm muting my phone because I'm coughing and hacking away here. Um, oh. She's still, whoever that is, still has their hand up. Okay. It again. Eight one six nine three three. Your mic is open. And she hung up, or whoever it was. Well, as I said, this about signs, wonders, and miracles. You notice where Jesus went, people got healed. People got set free from demons. This is what our church is supposed to be about, signs, wonders, and miracles. The sign is is understanding the Hebrew alphabet. The sign is when he, Jesus said, you look for a sign. And that sign is understanding what the Hebrew alphabet is trying to say. And the Hebrew alphabet can have more than one meaning at the same time. But once we start to understand, most time you'll see it talks about uh, J uh, in the English, which is Yud in the Hebrew, which means eternity. So the words that God is putting forth to us is eternal life through his son, which is the word of God, who teaches us how to live and how to react with the other part of the system or the body or the church or the synagogue or whatever you're in, even if you have no religious thing, you know inside your mind what is right and what is wrong. You have a spirit that speaks to you, that brings you along. That's why I was talking about the angels. Everybody's got an angel assigned to them. But the Holy Spirit is what borns us into the kingdom of the dear son or enlightenment or into understanding. And the understanding is live holy lives. Learn to respect one another. Learn not to judge everybody quickly. Hey, I'm being attacked, and maybe I didn't hear what is being said, or maybe I didn't see what. It was supposed to be seen. And 
oh, I want to add this thing the Lord told me the other day. A lot of times people say, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. But they're looking for somebody who uh, that has some, uh, uh, I'm going to just put it like it is. We're all connected, truthfully. And people can pick up your thoughts because we all are connected. There's only one body. The body is called Adam. We were all in Adam. We was all in Eve. We were all in the rebellion, and we're still in the rebellion until the Holy Spirit teaches us to follow him, which is Jesus, which is the word, which sets us free. That's why it says, he who the Son says free is free indeed. So the more that we understand that, the more we'll see God's purpose on this world and how he wants to change us to be like him so that when we be with him, we'll look just like him. We'll think just like him. His mind will be in us and our mind will be in him, and we'll be able to speak or even think as anything that we need to ask will be answered as fast as you can think about it because the Holy Spirit has connected us back to where we had severed ourselves from it before. That's why you're going to see some people, they're going to be able, uh, babes in Christ are going to be able to excel sometimes the older people that's in the Lord because they don't give up everything and they want to do whatever the word says. Others always want to try to figure things out with God, and you don't do that. Obey. Obedience is better than sacrifice. All right. Well, do you have anything to say, uh, Dorothy? Not about the lesson. Okay. About anything. I have a question about the blood moon we're supposed to, the blood moon eclipse we're supposed to have tomorrow night. Do you think there's any significance or I know it occurs every once in a while so mm-hmm. well you know we've heard about this over and over again but see in the natural we really don't ever see anything it's a spiritual thing and just because the uh, of the blue uh, blood moon it usually refers to the things that are happening to Israel and whatever happens to Israel is going to happen to us next so we want to keep our eye on the time clock, not just on the physical thing, the moon and stuff, but what is happening to Israel. And remember, when Israel is going through, we're getting ready to go through. When Israel being blessed, we're going to be blessed. That's why the Bible says, I will bless them that bless you, when he was talking about Israel. I will bless them that bless you, and I will curse them that curse you. That's why we have to be nice to the spirit of Israel. We're supposed to be the ones that's showing love for the Jews. Now, is every Jew living right? Nope. Is every pastor living right? Nope. But the thing is, we're supposed to pray for our people. That's why it says pray for the peace of Jerusalem. But those that pray for them will prosper, prosper. Prosper. Well, what does that prosper mean? I'm going to have a lot of money. No, it can be your health. It can be your job. It can be your family. The Lord has really blessed me because, like, 
I have 10 children. That's a blessing for me. And all my kids are grown. That's another blessing. And then I got 23 grandkids. That's a blessing. Where did that come from? Psalms 1, where it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, or sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he let it think about, rehearse over and over in his mind, day and night. And he'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth his fruit in his season, and his leaves also shall not wither. What is the leaf? That is his kids, his grandkids, his great-grandkids. The blessing will be in that family if somebody will stop and be sincere and search the scriptures and then not only hear it but be a doer of those scriptures and watch how it will change your life and change your family life and change those that you be praying for. It may not happen while you're here. But your prayers never die. All right. Well, as I said, we got seven more minutes. Uh, anybody else got to raise their hand or a question or a comment? Or, Dorothy, you have anything? Well, I just would like to say I'm glad Netanyahu's back in Israel. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, that other government was so bad. Uh-huh. So. I hear you. Did you hear about the Euphrates uh, River? Yeah. Pardon? Did you hear about the Euphrates River? That it dry, that it's drying up. Drying up, yeah. And they're finding caves for where they, where this stuff is drying up and there's stuff inside those caves. Wow. And the Bible had already prophesied that this would do that and that the uh, there's going to be a time when the kings of the east will be coming across. But what is the kings of the east represent? It means the mystical area or the supernatural. And that's what's happening now, good and bad. But those that know their God will do great miracles during this time. But those that are wicked will do wicked there, and they say, and they won't understand how they're able to do it. But it's all from the supernatural. We're into a warfare. We're going to be a, a, a warfare of not carnal-minded people, but spiritual-minded people. It's going to be the spirit of darkness versus the spirit of light. There are some calling this spiritual war that we're in now as mm-hmm. a true a true world war. Um possibly a World War Three. I don't know if they're discounting the other wars that were considered worldwide or not. But mm-hmm. I found that interesting. It's a, a different perspective on the whole mm-hmm. issue. Now here's the funny part, man. We get ready to cut up after this is that uh, most nation leaders understand the spirit realm. They understand, and they're trying to use it for their uh, for their welfare, some good, some bad. 
but they understand. That's why we have these major religions. We have Christianity, we have Judaism, we have Islam, then you have Buddhists, and you have all these. All these other people are leading for one thing, enlightenment. They're trying to get knowledge. Knowledge is power. We always said that. Even if we didn't know the Bible, we always knew knowledge is power because it says my people perish for lack of knowledge. And the more you understand that the word knowledge, one of the words for knowledge, it starts with a K, and it means will. If we learn to put our will to the right motives, God will answer that prayer. It has to be to the right motive. So God will see that you're truly trying to do what he wants you to do instead of what we want to do. And that's the hardest part because a lot of times our will ain't the same will that God has. We want to do what what we feel is right instead of what God is saying what is right. All right. Well, unless nobody else got any more comments or anything, I'm ready to, uh, as I say, ready to hang up here unless you got something or somebody raising their hand. Nobody's raising their hand. All right, then. Well, you go ahead. You want me to pray since I heard you having a little <laughs> trouble tonight? Yes, please. I'm going to okay. one more week of this stuff. Is I'm, I'm saying it's going to be over. This is all allergic reaction to that. Defoliant. I hear you. All right, then. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before the throne room of grace and mercy and peace and love and the Holy Spirit, thanking you for this day that we will rejoice and be glad in it. I thank you for teaching us the word blessed, which means happy. I thank you that you told us about the signs and wonders and miracles that happen according to the word of God. You said if we'll be faithful in a little, that you'll make us ruler over much. You said that you've given us talents for us to multiply them, and that means we go out to witness. But you said he who wins souls is wise. So the more we speak the word and the more we pray, Father, you said you will start trusting us even more and give us more to see and more to hear and more to do. Father, we careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. We also pray for those that are sick. I ask you right now, Father, that you will send ministering angels through the airways and touch those that are sick. Whatever it is, whatever part you're sick right now, lay your hands upon there and say, Dear Lord Jesus Christ, heal me. Make that a simple prayer. Lay your hands upon whatever is sick and say, Lord Jesus, heal me. And then give him an amen by saying, I thank you for healing me. Amen. So until next time, I'll let you go, and I'll never know what the Lord's going to say teach on. So and I'll say, I learned just like everybody else do. So I turn it back over to you, Dorothy. Well, that was a good lesson. I enjoyed it. Um, <clears throat> I want to say good night, everyone, and Father Blass and Pastor James, you have a blessed evening. And you too. Now, they can hear this again on YouTube, right? Not YouTube, but on the link I sent you, on the blog post, that link, because I still don't have a computer to put it on YouTube. Oh, okay. Mm. All right. Well, you have a blessed day, and I'll talk to you later.
Okay. Good night, everybody.